seem to not all get here every week. Um, that, that, that's a wonderful thing. But just for parking arrangements, what that means is, is that we've just got to be really good at the parking. And so I'm going to ask you to do something really special for me. If you are a really anointed, Holy Ghost-filled, Bible-carrying, demon-chasing believer, then the further you park away from the front door of the church, the more spiritual you are. (laughs) Now, if you are a carnal person and you're only interested in your flesh, then you'll park as close to the front door as possible. You know I'm joking. I'm not. (laughs) And so what we actually encourage our regulars to do is to park in the Gillam Drive property and walk up the ramp and come around. It will take you three minutes. I'm sorry. You will use a thousand calories. Not really. Um, But what it's really good is if someone's coming to our church for the very first time, it's wonderful that they don't have to park in front of the truck depot and the big trucks are trying to get out and they're getting cross with us. And who wants to meet a big, hairy, cross truck driver? <laughs> Poor Marcus has to do it all the time. Yeah, it's fine. So. Um, thank God for our, our church service and the way God's moving stuff. But uh, Jane felt the Lord prompt her as well this morning. So Jane, if you just come and share what you felt the Lord was saying. I appreciate that. Um, it was only when we were singing the um, song, uh, My God is a Strong Tower and He's My Strength and My Refuge. And I just felt God really clearly speak to me and just say there um, was at least one person here that was just going, but God, that's I don't know that. I don't know that you are that. And if only people understood what I was going through or the circumstances that you were, were going through. Um, and God just reminded me of that verse in um, Psalms where it says that he collects our tears and he counts and he knows them. And uh, and God was just saying, no, I'm your Abba Father and mm. I'm your Father that loves you and I'm your Father that cares deeply and I know your situation and I know your circumstances and I am all that you need me to be. I am your strength. I am your tower. I am your comforter. And that was that was just what he, he really clearly said for Fantastic. someone here this morning. So that's, here for, that's there for someone here this morning. So if you are the person who says, God never talks to me, maybe you just did. Maybe you just did. There's a promise from God. He's in, he's in control. Uh, just a couple of quick announcements. We do have a, a person in our church who's needing uh, a little bit of assistance with some uh, cleaning, a little bit of gardening. It's a, it's a reasonably urgent thing. If you could give us a few hours over the next few days to do that, it will be a blessing to this individual, a blessing to the family of God. That would be really appreciated. And if you could just do that, can you see Gary Bro? And he will tell you what's involved with that. And the other thing that's happening in our church is because we are growing, it's been on my heart for a while to actually start another service in the life of our church. And so uh, we are planning to start a Sunday night service uh, around about the first week of November. We want to put that together soon. Uh, Sam, come, come out and we'll have a bit of a chat about it. Sam and I will be doing this up. And what we're really going to try to do is something very experimental. We're actually going to try and create a church for younger people. Uh, By that I mean 30-year-olds, 20-year-olds, 60-year-olds who think young. And so we're going to try and make it very unchurch. And so it's going to have a revised format. And we're going to run it over like a five-week cycle on a Sunday night. One of those weeks will just be worship. That's all we'll do. We'll come and we will just just love on Jesus. That's, that's what we'll do one week. We'll just love on Jesus. On another week, we're going to grab a microphone. What an absolute anti-climax that was. Um, we're going to do a Q&A. So once a month, we'll do a Q&A. Bring any question, any crazy idea, anything you want to know about. Science, theology, philosophy, UFOs. God, UFOs, you know, find out what happened to Mike. <laughs> um, and we, sex, yeah, we can talk about sex. I can't, but um, Mike will, you know. Um, and we'll, we'll throw you questions and we'll answer them on the spot. Mike will answer on the spot. I won't. I'll be, 
in trouble. So bring, <laughs> bring your crazy questions. But we're going to have some fun with it all. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to do on-the-spot question and answer. Bring your questions. We'll answer them. That's, that'll, be, that'll be the you know, second in the week. Yeah, no month. guarantee on the quality of the answers. No. no. <laughs> we'll answer them. That's, that's all we can offer. <laughs> um, third, we're going to do – we're going to invite a guest speaker. Now, it won't be a guest speaker of them just sort of talking, talking. We'll actually interrogate them. We'll ask them some hard questions. We'll interview them. And we'll get to drill down into the real, the real question. If you ever wanted to ask, say um, – um, from someone from Teen Challenge, you know, what do you guys do? Like, do you really honestly get people off drugs? Does it really work? Or is it just like, ooh, and they, they wander off? We're going to ask some tough questions. Mike knows a lot of really intelligent, smart people, so he's going to go and call on some contacts, and we'll get to, to meet with and interview and talk to some really, very really smart people and get to pick their brains. Um, and There's some great stories around. Yeah, you know? I mean... Maybe like Jade Lewis. Instead of just a preach from Jade... To get her up and ask her questions. Mm. Now, what was it like to be running for gold for Australia and then to fall into drugs? How did that happen, you know? And on the fourth, we'll do a, um, a panel-type discussion. So we'll get some very bright people from Champion Lakes and we'll talk about a topic of issue. So we'll talk about evolution, homosexuality, Calvinism versus Arminianism, you know, predestination. Does God pick who he saves or do you pick if you get saved? We'll take on some of the real big questions in life. In fact, that's gonna be, that session is going to be God versus Google. There you go, yeah. So what That's we're right. going to do is we're going to have the computer up. No, seriously, who uses Google? Who doesn't know what Google is? <laughs> oh, bless you. <laughs> Back there. Oh. Um, because, you know, that's what we do these days. We, t- we, we have an issue, we have a topic, we type it into Google and we believe what Google says. So it's Google versus God, but we'll do it on a panel basis. Yeah, we'll have a discussion. We'll get some intelligent people up and we'll talk about it. We'll look at what the world says and what Google says. If you Google keep says. on saying that, I won't be able to come on it. <laughs> and then we'll see what the Bible says. We'll see what God says. And Michael then sort of help us with that as well. So the plan is not to... We're sort of taking the traditional church service that we say, it must be this way. Well, why must it be this way? We're putting that aside. We're rebooting it going, what, can, what, what would build us? What will get that moment when the Holy Spirit goes... Did you see that? Did you get it? And then you go, oh, I get it, God. I get that revelation moment. We want those moments where the lights flick on and you go, oh, I get it. We're after that. So there we worship. They'll be praying and, and we'll feast and we're going to eat and we're going to work out some sort of um, social element as well that's going to work around this as well. Um, we're working yep. that. The idea is quick and easy. We're in, we're in for an hour. We're out for an hour. You go home. Um, we, we perhaps go out afterwards as well. We don't want to waste people's time. We don't want you to come to three-hour services. We don't want to, to wait around. It's going to be quick to the point. Um, and it'll be worth your time to come. We want to make it valuable for you that you can give up an hour and take a lot home. That's the plan. Yeah, and the sort of thing that you'd probably be a little bit more comfortable to invite your friends to. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's, it's it be won't good. be quite so much in your face. So, will you pray for us? It's going to be interesting, if nothing else. We'll have fun. <laughs> and we don't necessarily need... It's very light on um, volunteer-wise. We're very... The actual overhead as far as people helping out and things is very low. We intentionally don't want people running around serving. That said, if you'd like to help out, if you want to just throw some ideas at us and, and give us some, maybe some hands-on, come and speak to me after the service. Yeah. Or talk to Mike later, but speak to me if, after the service. I can talk to you. Yeah, um, we'd love to build a team, but the goal really is not to you know, bring out the stewards again and the musicians again. Yeah. We are wanting to make it a pretty compact economical service in terms of time and energy and resource. That's the plan. So we'll see how we go. And we'll have some food sometimes and we'll have some fun. We'll go out. It'll be good. It'll be good? Cool. You done with me? I'm done. Cool. Yeah. And I must also uh, just remind you that we do have a great website that's being maintained very adequately now by David Delaney. So if you ever now actually want to know something's happening in the life of the church, all you have to do is actually go to www.championlakes.com.au and all the information will be there. So is that a moustache? <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just the lighting is the effect. It's my event. Bless you, Jesus. Now, last week... We uh, started to move into the area of the Holy Spirit and tried to make it an incredibly um, important thing that you've got to actually have the Holy Spirit in order before in order in order before you can be led of the Holy Spirit. So this morning I want to just talk about this thing about being led of the Holy Spirit. 
It's so critical to genuine Christianity. In fact, if you had to define what a Christian is, from a Bible's perspective, the Bible actually boils it down to Romans chapter 8, verse 14, where it says, And those who are led by the Holy Spirit, they are the sons of God. They are the children of God. That's how critical it is. How do you know someone is a Christian? Well, they are led by the Holy Spirit. That's what the Bible says. It doesn't say, well, they go to church. It doesn't say, well, they pray. It doesn't say that they own 20 Bibles. It doesn't say that they tithe. What it says is that they are led by the Holy Spirit. So it's incredibly important that our lives demonstrate the ability to be led of the Holy Spirit. There are those who are led by the Spirit of God. They are called the sons of God. And ladies, that's not a term of gender. It's a term of authority. It's a term of... You should be a bit more excited about that, ladies. It's a term of full inheritance. It means you've got the keys to the house. It means you get to drive the car. It means that all what's in the kingdom of God is available to those who are led by the Holy Spirit. This week I... um, had the privilege or the pain of doing uh, the, the whole Old Testament in one week as part of my master's uh, studies. And uh, the lecturer, Dr. Ashley Crane, mentioned at the time that when he went into New York City, he uh, was asked to take over Messianic congregation. So Ashley's not only this great Old Testament scholar, but he comes with this experience in running a Messianic congregation. These are Jews who now have accepted that Jesus Christ is their Messiah. And so they worship Jesus, but they keep a lot of the customs that you would associate with being Jewish. And there's no problem with that. If you go to India, an Indian church will still keep a lot of the customs of an Indian church. So there's no problems with those sorts of custom things. And as he went into the church, the church uh, in New York City, it was said to have about 70 people. They'd just been through quite an ugly split uh, over the fact that they had uh, dismissed their former senior rabbi, pastor, teacher who'd been there for about 20 years. And there was about 70 people left. By the time I actually got there, there was about 25 people left. And blood all over the floor. A lot of hurt, a lot of angst. And so he's there praying and seeking God. You know, how do you turn that around, God? And all of a sudden, as he's walking through this church, um, you know, sometimes pastors do crazy things. You know, they come when nobody's here and they just walk to church. You know, there have been times I've walked through this building over and over again. There have been other times I've come to this building and no one's here. And I've prayed over every chair. God bless the person in this chair who comes on Sunday. So pastors do some crazy things. So he's just walking this church because there's a bit of a circular route. The same way in this building, if you go out that door, you can go down the corridor and come around again and you can just keep on going around in circles. And as he's doing this, one of, the, one of the rooms that he's going through, there's a library in there, quite an extensive theological library. And so he stops in between praying and musing and crying and saying, God, why did you send me here? <laughs> he just takes out one of the books and he sees that in the front cover of the book that there was the name of the senior pastor had been put there, uh, you know, presented to dead, And then it opened up the next book and then it opened up the next book. And uh, all of a sudden he felt the Holy Spirit say to him, you need to give the library back. Those words came to him. Now, he had no other knowledge that that thought came to him just like that. Which is a bit strange, isn't it? Now, a theological library in those days was worth a lot of money. It's not worth much these days because of Google and Internet, and you get most of them for free off the Internet. But in those days, it was a significant uh, impost. And so he rings up the old rabbi, and, you know, he rings him up, and initially the rabbi is just very cold and doesn't want to talk at all and is very nervous. There's this big break between them. And uh, Ashley says to the rabbi, says, uh, you, you may not understand this, but I believe God wants us to give you your library back. And with that, he breaks down and he starts to cry and he says, you know, that's just been such a thing. The church had been so cruel been so unkind and I was prepared to say, And he'd been out of fellowship for two years as a result of the pain of his separation. And out of that two years, he was just beginning to 
emerge again. Have you ever been in that situation, been through, and you just, your heart just begins to lift again, you start to feel the Holy Spirit speak to you, and you need to start re-engaging with your call and purpose on your life. Well, he was in that stage of saying, I still have the stirring, and I need to re-engage the call upon my life. And so he was going through, and he said, God, I can forgive the board for doing what they did, and I can forgive the, the church for that, and I forgive the movement for doing that. But the fact that they kept my library, I find so difficult to swallow. It was my library and they kept it. And then the phone rings. And Ashley rings up and says, I believe God's told me that we need to give you back the library. The board don't even, I haven't even spoken to the board, but any power or influence I have over the new board, I will do what we can to actually give you back the library. And so uh, as she goes and tells the board, the board were hostile to the idea. But make a long story short, the library gets, get, gets given back to this man. He's then restored. He's back in the ministry. He's now serving Jesus. And the interesting thing is from the moment that the church decided to do the right thing then, that's the moment the church began to grow. And people started to come and get saved and get their lives together. And that's just a great example of the leading of the Holy Spirit. And I'm sure that there are a thousand stories that we can tell of people who know what it is to be led of the Holy Spirit. But that's the essential signifier that you are, that you have the life of God working within you, being led of the Holy Spirit. The problem is with some people is that they're not led of the Holy Spirit, they're led of their own soul, their own inward attitudes. And so instead of being led of the Spirit, it's instead of the Spirit. They may call it the Spirit, but it is actually their own feelings and intuition. Those who are being led by the Spirit of the sons of God. Another good friend of mine, Roger Saunders, is one of the guys that we work with in terms of our India, uh, working in India. And he's our contact point, really, with what happens up in Gujarat. Now, Roger and Daphne are incredible servants of the Lord, and they were at the Nimba... New Age Festival, smoking mull when they meet Jesus as their Messiah. <laughs> this guy was a TM specialist. He used to teach people how to sit in the yoga position and how to meditate and how to fly and all these things. And then he suddenly finds out that Jesus is his guru. And he's gloriously saved. And uh, he just uh, is an amazing guy. Goes over. Now, he was in a situation one day. He had to go into Calcutta and there was a person he needed to meet. He did not know where they lived. He had a general idea they lived in a certain district. And so he basically says, Lord, you're going to have to show me how to find him. Now, if anyone's been, been to India, there are lots and lots of people in India. Everywhere you go, there are people. And so here he is, and he's just praying. And literally, he's walking through the area. He's got a general idea that the man lives in this particular suburb. But he's literally going, and the Holy Spirit says, go right. The Holy Spirit goes left. Holy Spirit goes left, goes right, goes left. And he goes exactly to the man's house, knocks on the door, and he's there. Isn't that amazing? Now, the father of Andrew Evans, the former general superintendent of our movement, he got to about 80 or something. He's on his old age pension, and he wants to plant a church. He's now blind. Uh, he's now legally blind. So at the age of 75, he bought himself a Braille Bible and he learnt to read Braille. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? Now, Andrew Evans, who's the general superintendent of the Assemblies of God in Australia, says to his dad, you're too old. Retire. Go home. So he saves up his pension. And then one day he feels the Holy Spirit say to him, I want you to go to Alice Springs. I want you to find a man carrying a pitcher of water and he will lead you to the place where you're going to start a church. So at 80 years of age, he saved up his pension. He got on a greyhound bus. He didn't even tell mum and dad he was going. Gets on the bus, gets to Alice Springs and the only person he meets there is an Aboriginal man carrying a case of VB or something on his shoulder. <laughs> He follows them into the community. He starts to preach the gospel. The man gets saved and today there is a church there for the glory of Jesus. See, that's the power of being led by the Spirit. 
But the problem is, for a lot of us, is that we're still struggling with hearing God's voice clearly. Now, if I was doing this in a youth audience, we'd often just do the little game where we'd get someone like Pastor Carolyn up. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> I'll cough in sympathy. This flu hangs on. We get someone up, and then what we do is we put an obstacle course in front of them. And you make it fun. You put some balloons down. You put a sponge cake so that if they put their foot in, it goes all gilly. You know, you, you make it really, you, you know the sort of thing, don't you, Crystal? You make it heaps of fun. And then what you do is you blindfold them, and you ask them to walk through the mess. Now, sometimes you get them to go through the mess the first time by themselves, and it's fun because they fall over, they get goo over them, you know, all that sort of stuff. You know, peanut butter up the nose, you know, all that sort of stuff. It's all good fun. And that's then, uh, then what you do is you say, well, now what we're going to do is we're going to actually get someone to give you instructions. And so we get someone out there and they say, okay, Karen, a little bit to the left, two steps forward, a little bit to the right, a little bit more to the right, two steps forward, and you get them through the obstacle course without goo on them. It's not as much fun. But the point is, if you listen to that voice, it will get you through the stuff of life. That's the point. Now, I am told that uh, you can buy these little devices now for your car that talks to you in a female voice and tells you where to go. I don't need one. <laughs> I'll stop right there. I'll st- no, okay, okay. I'll stop there before I get in trouble. So, what do they call them, tom-toms? Yeah, GPS devices and stuff. The thing is, if you're a believer and you've come to Jesus, every one of us actually have a tom-tom in our head. We've got a voice in our head that's wanting to lead you. Now, it's very important that you understand this. Not push you. The Holy Spirit will never push. He'll never force you. I wish he would. Because when he leaves it to me to make up the decision, I'm not always making the right decisions. But he will lead you. And as, past, as Steve said in his message today, you know, we, are, we can be led so easily by our desires. And the Bible says it's not the devil that leads us astray, it's us who are led astray by our evil desire. It's us who's led, led, led astray by our bodily appetites. And so when you look at what a believer's do, when you look at an individual, what, the whole, what, the God says, what God says in Romans particularly is that when you watch them, what's leading them? What is leading them? Is it the soul realm? You know, what makes me happy? What fulfills my needs? My appetites? Or is it actually the spirit that's leading them? And what the Bible says is that the sign that you are a matured son of God is that you are being led by the Spirit of God. One day, Francis Assisi said to one of the young men of a monastery, they planted, brother, let us go down to the town and preach. The novice, greatly delighted and proud of being asked by Francis to companion him, quickly accepted the invitation. They went down to the principal streets of the town, to the side streets, the alleys, and then returned another way to the monastery. The younger man, thinking that Francis had forgotten the purpose in going to the city, said, You have forgotten, Francis, that we went down to the town to preach. The older men replied, Son, we have preached. We were preaching while we were walking, and we've been seen by many, and our behavior has been closely watched. It is thus that we preached our morning service. It is no use, my son, to walk anywhere to preach unless we preach everywhere we walk. It's incredible, isn't it? The sign that we are being led of the Holy Spirit is actually joy. It's joy. Joy is that wonderful quality that no matter what you face, it's still the buoyant thing within you. It's not by might, it's not by might, it's not by power, it's by my spirit of the Lord. And the joy of the Lord is your strength. Here's the thing. What you laugh at probably tells me what your God is. What gets you to be jolly? What makes you happy will probably tell me a little bit about what your God is. Think about it. 
What, are you, what makes you happy? What is actually the desire of your heart will determine for me, give me some reflection. So it's so important to be led of the Spirit of God. Oh, we can get caught in the old idea of doctrines and things, but one of the things that the Bible says is that if we're led by the Spirit of God, there is no confusion. Hallelujah. When we're being led of the Spirit, people may not understand, but there's clarity in our heart. We know what God is saying. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 34 says, God is not the author of confusion. He is actually the God of order. So when we're being led of the Holy Spirit, there is no confusion. When people come to you and they say, oh, look, I feel I should be doing this, I should, but I'm so confused, it's not God. If it's God, there's no confusion. Amen. Where, when it's God, there is also no bondage. Hallelujah. Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Hallelujah. When God's flowing in the house, when God's flowing in you, you're not in bondage. And you can smile and you can be happy and you can be full of the joy of the Lord. Can you smile at me? When the Spirit, when you're walking with the Spirit, there's also no error. Jesus said, I'm going to send you the Spirit of truth and He will lead you into truth or truth so when people claim to be led of the holy spirit but they're doing the wrong thing generally they're not actually leading being led by the spirit being led by their feelings i remember many years ago being at the bible college i was the principal of our state college at that time and we had an incredibly gifted young lady well young because when you get to my age everybody starts to get young (laughs) she was probably in her 30s i don't know Never try and guess a woman's age or weight. <laughs> See, I learn, I learn, I learn, I learn. And, uh, but, you know, very gifted, very talented, good with people, knew a word, great confession on her life. She believed God was going to call her to do all this thing. And uh, so we break for lectures on Friday. We come back to lectures on the Tuesday. And to my uh, surprise, over the weekend, she got married. And I thought, well, that was new. Because <laughs> normally you know when someone's going to get married, don't you? Normally there's some sort of acknowledgement that there's an engagement and there's a ring. and there's all... But over the weekend she got married. So I'm, I'm a bit shocked. And so I say to the lady, says, oh, okay, well, congratulations. And so, Do I know the person, whatever? Said, no, you don't. What's their name? No. And then I ask the next question, is he a Christian? And she says, No. But God, God will be all right. God, God, God's, God spoke to me and I have the right feelings about this. So obviously it's going to be okay that I've married him. And, you know, I'd love to say to you that this is an example where the Bible isn't true. I'd love to say this is an example where all my experience has shown that people do the wrong things in the name of God. Life goes well for them. I'd love to be able to say that to you, but I can't. It ended up being a tragic mistake. And a month later, they're separated, and that woman is right away from God and has actually you know, wrecked her spiritual life. So now let's not blame on the Holy Spirit our own stupidity. Amen? So where you are walking with the Spirit, there is no confusion, there is no bondage, there is no error, and there's also no contradiction with the Word of God properly understood and applied. There's also no contradiction with leadership. Because the Bible says that we are to obey and submit to our leaders. So being led of the Holy Spirit has internal confirmation, but external confirmation as well. You need to have pastors and elders and people that you respect saying, yes, we think it's God too. That is wise. We may not want that in our modern world, but that's a wise thing to do. The Bible says it's a very good thing to do, to obey and seek advice of wise counsel. And in 1 John 5, 3, it says, If you love God, you will obey His commands. I know it's a bit blunt, I'm sorry. And I know it's Sunday and everybody's a bit tired and they want to go watch the cars go round and 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 round. <laughs> but I want to say to you something. If you love God, you'll obey His commands. If you love God, you will obey what He says that we're to do in the Holy Scriptures. Properly understood, properly interpreted, properly divided. But if you love God, you do what He asks you to do. 
And there's no spiritual corruption of that in the name of Jesus. So don't mess up your life. We need to be led of the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, when we come then to the moving, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, if I'm struggling with, I'm being led to have no discipline over my appetite. I'm being led by my body to have no discipline over my internet. I'm not being led of my flesh to lie, to cheat, to build up my status. I'm being led of the Spirit to think that if I can just buy an iPhone 5, my life will be actually meaningful. There are people who think like that. All I need is an iPhone 5 and I'll be cool. So we have this going on. It's Romans chapter 7. It's like, who will deliver me from this body of death? The things I want to do, I don't do. And the things I don't want to do, I end up doing. God, who will set me free? But then he goes on to say, Therefore, there is no condemnation to those who are led by the Spirit of God. It's the secret. If you follow God, there is no problem. There is no disaster. You see, it's either going to be works or grace. I'm going to go for the grace thing and I'm going to live for Jesus and I'm going to, be, going to try and be open and sensitive to Him. I want to turn down the squabble and the, the background noise, the distraction of this world, and I want to turn up the voice of the Spirit in my life. But I can guarantee you right now in the name of Jesus that if we took one minute right now and I was to ask every one of you to close your eyes, And pray, dear Holy Spirit, speak to me. What do you want me to do? I guarantee you everyone will hear something. Guarantee it. Your ability to respond to that with a yes. If it's God, help me in my belief. Help me with my strength in that. But your ability to respond to the yes determines whether you are a child of God, whether you're a son of God. That's what the victory is. Romans 14 just follows after. This is going to be an incredible revelation for some of you. It follows after Romans 8.13. Romans 8.13 says, If the Spirit of God, who raised Jesus Christ from the dead, lives in you, then will he not lead you to put to death the misdeeds of the human appetite? so that you can live in resurrection power because all those who are led by the Spirit are the sons of God. That's the sign. That's the sign is that you have the voice of God saying to you, I don't want you to do that and I want you to do this. And if you get into this, then you'll find that there are more do's than there are don'ts. God's far much more interested in doing and leading you than in disciplining you. Sin's been paid for, but will we follow God? Now, I wanted you to put on your discernment feelers for a minute. I'm about to finish. Your discernment feelers. Because sometimes I don't think we get being led of the Spirit of God. We often make it so complicated or so super spiritual. You know, being led of the Spirit is wearing the right suit and having the right King James voice, you know, thus saith the Lord. You know, the right miserable face, you know. And it's about, you know, well, I think we get it so wrong. But I just want you to say, does this sound like someone who has a spiritual problem or is in a spiritually good place? This is a true um, clip. This is off a musician's uh, blog on the internet. His name's uh, Jerry Clark. Comes from Frankfurt. That's not Frankfurt, Germany. It's Frankfurt in the United States. Jerry Clark can slap the bass with the best players in town. And as a member of the First Assembly of God's Worship Band, he is convinced that he is better than anyone else on the platform. I'm way ahead of those other guys in the terms of my talent. He says during a breakout Saturday, Saturday worship band practice. Clark has played in the local rock band for 18 years, uh, uh, honouring his bass playing gift. The band has made several CDs and he tours widely in the southwestern tip of Kentucky. Clark began lending his musical expertise to the First Assembly of God Church 11 years ago, but at times he gets fed up with the amateurs in the worship band. 
the piano lady can only play notes that you put in front of her, he says. You can't get her to jam, and I'll be over there slapping and grooving, and these other guys look at me, what, what? They get so caught up with what I'm doing that they lose their place. And I like dudes, play the worship music. Clark says he often feels that he's carrying the whole band. But he's committed to his ministry and everyone has their cross to bear, he says. Is he being led of the Holy Spirit? Doesn't sound like it, does it? And I pick a very mundane example because that's where it starts. That's actually where it starts. How I dress, how I behave, how I react to other people, how I respond, how I work with others. Say others. Others. You know, that will determine a lot about if I'm being led of the Spirit of God. Um, One of my great sins is that I am a very independent personality. I think that's come a little bit out of my background where having been a street kid, you learn to live by your own wits and you don't want to rely upon anyone because they can let you down. You understand? If you, I find people let you down. Anywhere else found that? Okay. <laughs> it's, it can happen. And so when I was first offered a guide when I went to India, Pastor Mike, would you like someone to meet you at the airport and to lead you around? Um, You know, if you want to go shopping, do you want us to have someone come with you who can speak the language or something? My initial reaction is no. Just give me a map. Give me a map and I'll figure it out myself. And so I had my map. And you know what? I did okay with my map. But I got lost a few times, got off the track a few times, and uh, yet I was in control. I wasn't doing very well, but I was in control of my own destiny. The moment you have a guide come into your life, the relationship changes enormously. Because he knows where I need to go. He actually can talk the language. He can take me to the right places. He took me on one occasion to a place where you can buy genuine fake Rolex watches. Genuine, genuine fake Rolex watches. These actually had the Rolex number on the back of the Rolex watch. It had the same number, but these were genuine fake Rolexes. And so I said to him, because these were quite expensive. These were about 20 bucks. And I said to him, he says, I can buy a cheaper one down the corner. He says, no, they are the fake, fake Rolexes. <laughs> Mine's a genuine fake Rolex. <laughs> now where'd he go? And some of you will miss what I'm going to say, but some of us just want the map. We want to stay in control. And some of us, you know, please don't misunderstand Some of us just want the word of God. Give me the map book. Give me the map book. But the map book by itself leaves you in control. God actually wants you to invite the guide into your life. His name is the Holy Spirit. And for him to lead you into all truth and to exciting adventures. Christian living should be the most exciting thing in the whole world. Thank you, Francis. (laughs) Living for Jesus should be the most exciting thing. I want to tell you right now, in the name of Jesus, every one of you have a mission from God to do this week. God wants you to do something this week. Something that will change your world and their world. And it may not be significant. It may be the base... The bass player gets into a revelation where he puts down his bass guitar for a while and serves the the music team for a while. And yet that can revolutionize his life forever. Do you understand? Wonderful stuff. And we'll close now. Glory, do you have something to share? I had a...
Hi, not everybody here knows me, but uh, I'm Gloria Cooper and been fellowshipping here for 12 years. I just want you to hear this little testimony how the Holy Spirit led me in my life. Um, I was, you know, had a bit of a rough life, married at 16, four kids at 20 and widowed at 38. Then I found Jesus at 41 and um, he just started to change me from the inside out. My desire was to be married again. That was my main desire, follow him but be married again, have another chance of another life. And he gave me that desire which uh, if you really desire something, you've got to really let him know you desire it and he will bring it to pass. So when I was, uh, I came down here from Geraldton and was involved in ministry with the Margaret Court outreach teams and, and I used to love it, just love it, and seeing people come to know Jesus. And... Uh, then one day I, I was sort of getting, wow, you know, when is this going to happen for me, Lord? Eleven years went by when I met a man. Now, he wasn't a Christian. Wow. In the ministry, they were saying, be careful, Gloria, unevenly yoked, la, la, la. And they are my leaders. They, are, You know, Margaret never, ever said that to me, but a lot of them in that ministry said, be careful, be careful. So I went to God and you know the Holy Spirit will tell you what you really want to know if you go to him and I said you know I've met this man he's widowed I'm widowed he's got three grown-up children I have four grown-up children and I said there's nothing really stopping me but he's not a Christian you know and uh, dear man kind man caring man Ted Cooper well, he said these words, he shall come to know me through you. Freely you have received, freely give. Go in my name and because you believe, others will know that I live. So I thought, well, I've got to get this man saved. I can't marry him unless he's saved. So we went for a, I went to my church, Wayne Tromp in Beachborough, and I told him what happened. He said, Gloria, we'll pray about it now. And we prayed about it. And I, Ted and I went on a picnic and I said, you know, Ted, I'd love you to know Jesus the way I do. So what do you do? He was open as a book, never had a Christian background, didn't even know what we were. But he gave his heart to Jesus with me at the park. Then he was water baptised with Pastor Wayne and me at the Hillary's. Praise his holy name. He gave me nearly 17 years. But he's in heaven. He died. But I just want you to know that the Holy Spirit will lead you on. He will guide you in whatever you need in your life. So let the Holy Spirit do the work in you. Thank you. close the service now but I just want you to stand right now and I wonder if you just put out your hand just just put out your hand then I want you to put your other hand on your other hand I want you to pretend that one hand is the hand of God and one hand is the hand is your own hand I want you to have the sense that God wants to lead you but he's not going to yank you he's not going to force you there is a gentle nudging and prompting of the Holy Spirit. You know, we would love God to come sometimes in the spectacular. Yeah? We would love God to put up a neon lights for us and make it so clear for us. But the Bible makes it quite clear that the way that God most times speaks to us is not through the roaring wind. It's not through the earthquake. It's not through the fire. It's not through all those things, but through the still, small voice in the inside of us. And it does require stillness. It does require the ability to listen. But I guarantee every one of you right now, if you know Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit intends to lead you. And what he wants to do is that this is the big picture. He wants to lead you 
from one level of glory to another level of glory. Isn't that amazing? To another level of glory. To another level of glory. God wants to take you up. He's not going to take you down. He wants to lead you to better things, to greater things, to more exciting things. He wants to lead you from one level of influence to a greater level of influence. God wants to take you to good places, exciting places. He wants to lead you into good things. And so I'm just going to pray right now that God will just, I don't know what it is, uh, you know, put up your antenna, put in your battery, whatever it takes. But I want your mobile phone to work. I want you to be able to get those signals. I want you to be able to respond to what God's doing. So Father, I thank you right now every man, woman, and child in the sound of my voice. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are the Lord of the church. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, Lord, there is liberty, there is freedom, there is joy, there is clarity, and there is truth. And Lord, you said it was, it was needful, it was a, to our advantage that you go away to heaven because you had a guide to give every one of us. Lord, we don't need a spirit guide from the occult. We have the Holy Spirit. And Lord, He walks closer than a brother. Lord, He's on the very inside of us. If we but just say yes and yield to Him and give into that gentle leading of the Holy Spirit, Father, I pray that clarity would come to the hearts and the spirits of everyone here. And Lord, faith to say yes Whatever you're leading me to, I will do. Now, Abraham, just look this way for a minute in the name of Jesus. Do it, I pray, in Jesus' name. Abraham heard a voice from heaven, go to a country I showed you. You know, the next, the next verb in Hebrew was, he goed. That's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. You don't get it in English. The Lord says, go, and he goed. That's the way it should be. That instantaneous, spontaneous. Hey, it could be as simple as just going up to someone today and giving them a hug and saying, Jesus loves you. Giving a man a really good handshake and looking him in the eyes and saying, you matter to Jesus. It doesn't have to be the big and the spectacular, but I find as we obey God in a little bit, he gives a bit more. And then there's a bit more. There's a bit more because he wants to take us to higher places. So we'll get the team up now and we're going to close the service. So thank you so much for coming. I respect your time. Don't rush off. We've got time for fellowship and coughing. Uh, not coughing. Coffee. Working together. And uh, we do have a prayer team. So if you have a, a particular need in your body for direction or for anything at all, just standing in the place for someone else, then uh, we invite you down to the front of the church service, the end of the uh, service, and we will pray for you. We've got a prayer team ready to pray for you and see God do a miracle on your behalf. Is that a good thing? It's a good thing to do. Praise the Lord. And I would love a song of joy because the ultimate sign that the Holy Spirit is in your heart and my heart is joy. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. So do we have a happy song? There was a happy day.
Jesus. 